0: Hey, before we dive into some great content today, I have a special invitation for all the women listening today, an invitation to flourish, not to merely exist, to flourish, even here, right now, in the hard things you're facing in life. And while it's true, one definition of flourish is to grow and develop in a favorable environment. God's plan is so much more magnificent. A biblical understanding of flourishing invites us to live on mission and sustain an outward focus for others, even in the harshest of circumstances. And that's so that we can spread God's glory throughout the earth. So I'm inviting you to Flourish. Flourish is a one-night event designed for women of all ages. I'll be joined by my good friend, author and speaker, Erin Davis, and our favorite worship leader, Stephanie Peters. We've prayerfully structured a night of worship with two full Bible teaching sessions. At Flourish, women are able to experience the fullness of a multi-day women's conference, by at an affordable three-hour, one-night event. I'm going to encourage you, bring your friends, your moms, your sisters, your church groups, and your neighbors to experience an evening designed to encounter Christ and discover the power through Him to flourish in every circumstance. Go to danagreshcom slash flourish to learn more about our upcoming cities and dates and to get tickets. I'll be sharing among other things, how God has enabled me to flourish as Bob and I have learned to live in our happily even after. Now let's get started with this episode.
1: Hey there, welcome to the happily even after podcast where you'll hear a story of a husband and wife who did not ride off into the sunset but found themselves fighting a man's fierce battle with lust and pornography. Bob and Dana Gresh are raw, real, and honest. They'll help you explore seven beliefs every marriage needs to experience God's redemption. Oh, and by the way, you can live happily even after.
2: Yes, I am Bob. I am here and love being with you on the Happily Even After podcast. You know, we created this to help you explore seven core beliefs that Dan and I think have helped us in our marriage. And we're going to explore belief number two today, honest confession is the beginning of healing. You should get the book because you need all the beliefs, uh, all seven of them, They are life changing, Mm -hmm. Dana. We've learned that. Yeah, Uh, changed our lives. Yeah, and um, and lives of thousands of people now that we're hearing from. Yeah, Uh, and the retreat we had was phenomenal. Phenomenal.
0: We loved it. In fact, you're going to hear from the some of the content from that retreat today. Uh, You know, Bob. When I think about honest confession as the beginning of healing, I just experienced this like a day ago because I was sitting there with two of the other leaders at our ministry and we've experienced some criticism this year because we have I guess advocated that marriages can be healed and whole now that doesn't mean that that all marriages can be healed and made whole it takes two people working together and God at the center of that for that to really happen but um, anyway lots of un I I'd say unkind things said about us on social media. Would, would that be a fair characterization? Yes,
2: <laughs> but we've grown stronger through we it. We have
0: grown. But anyway, so I'm sitting with these two leaders yesterday.
2: It's nice to be worth being picked on.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I'd rather not be picked on. Um, but we, I tried to present as really strong through all of that criticism, that social media criticism. act like Not act like it didn't hurt me, but act like I was mature and I was processing it and I was – asking God how I should respond to it. And yesterday, sitting with these two people, I just said, you guys, that ripped me apart. And they looked at me, they said, what? Yeah, it crushed me. Mm -hmm. And I realized just saying those words that healing started. And they were able to look at me and say, we had no idea. We didn't know you were hurting. We didn't know you felt lonely. I use the word lonely, which is a word we're gonna talk about today on the podcast. And I started to heal at that moment. It felt really good. I was no longer in the battle alone.
2: You know, Dana, off topic here, but it is hard leading a ministry and being so close to our... They're, they're our friends. We're praying for them. They're praying for us. You just don't get up every day and say, I feel lonely. You yeah, know, you know, This want, hurts. It's right. ripping me apart. Because you need to be able to kind of indicate that, but not you know, mm-hmm. depress the whole place with doom and gloom. But everybody, and we talk about this all the time, needs a place to confess, needs a place to talk transparently. Yeah, And um, we're going to talk about that today.
0: Yeah. In fact, if your marriage has been encouraged, go ahead, drop us a line <laughs> because we need to hear the good things too. Um, Bob, we introduced this core belief about confession in episode number two. If you go back and listen to that episode, you'll hear the riveting testimony of our dear friend, Wade Harris.
1: And I woke up Sunday morning and I think there were some things going on in my mind that it was either going to be the end of our life together or I was going to confess.
2: And you'll hear from Debbie Laser, a woman who's walked some hard roads in her marriage and helped us personally unpack why confession is so important.
0: It's about living in truth. And one of the things that I think is hardest for a wife, frankly, is not only the behaviors that she maybe has learned about, but more importantly, that there's been lying and covering up
2: but today, I want you to hear how Dana learned why honest confession matters so much. You know, last year, we hosted our first ever retreat based on this podcast and the Happily Even After book. And we had so many cool stories, testimonies of redemption, healed marriages. It was actually one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life, mm. and and driving the golf cart. <laughs> uh, and at that retreat, Dana taught one of her favorite uh lessons on one of her favorite verses, her life lesson, Psalm 2514. And that verse explains why honest confession matters so much. Mm -hmm. It's a complicated verse, but it matters not just in our relationship with each other, but also in our relationship with God. Here's Dana.
0: I really believe what I said when we started our time together, that you were created to experience connection with God and with others, but that sin separates us. And I really believe that the pathway back to be connected to God and community is radical vulnerability. So before we open the mic for you to share your redemption story, and not everybody will share. Not everybody's at a place now where they're ready to share. You're ready to share when both of you as a couple are in a place where you're beginning to feel God's healing. You're beginning to be able to glorify His name with your redemption story. Some of you are ready to share. It might be the first time and your knees are going to knock and your heart's going to beat. But it's going to be an incredible breakthrough for you and it's going to be the courage and the hope that someone in this room needs to hear. But I want to show you a Bible verse upon which I land the claim that radical vulnerability is the pathway back to connection with god and with others it's my life verse so it'll take me just a few minutes to to show to you but psalm 25:14. i have an esv bible but i know this verse by heart i use the kjv the niv and the dkg which is the Danagresh version all right It says something like this, and the reason I kind of combine the different versions is because if you laid all of the versions beside each other, this verse was so complex to translate that it would sound different in every single version. Says something like this, the secret of the Lord, don't you already wanna know what it is? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he makes his covenant known to them. I wanna break this down into three little phrases. What is the secret of the Lord? Well, the secret of the Lord, if you look in some versions, it says the friendship of God. This version says the friends of God. It's that circle of fellowship of believers that's so tight-knit, they're like a circle. In the Greek we New Testament, we have the word koinonia to describe the circle of fellowship. And in this Hebrew verse, those people, that tight circle of fellowship was described. And they were people that shared one another's faith. They shared one another's victories. They celebrated each other's um, anniversaries and birthdays. They wept and grieved with one another. And very specifically, they shared one another's sins. This verse reminds me that the church is not a country club. But a hospital where we come limping and broken and needy. I wonder, do you share your sin with others in real time? Or are the only sins you share the ones that were when you were 15? Jesus created the church for you to have a place, a safe place to talk about your sin. And when you do that, you experience a fellowship so deep that this Bible verse calls it the secret of the Lord. But do you know what the opposite of that is? I do, because I've lived it. The opposite of the secret of the Lord, that deep circle of fellowship is loneliness. And there were far too many events like this one that I came and I sat in the audience lonely because I looked around and I thought there's no one else in this room who sinned the way that I have. There's no one else in this room whose marriage is as broken as mine is. Do you know that kind of loneliness? Not the kind of loneliness that comes when you are alone. I'm an introvert, God help me. Let me be alone every day of the week, 24/7. But I know what it's like to feel lonely in a room full of people when I have secrets on my heart that no one knows. Are you lonely or are you living in the secret of the Lord? That next phrase tells us how to get to the secret of the Lord. It says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. When I first found this verse and God's spirit just kind of awakened my heart to it, it was like he took a holy highlighter to it and said, Dana, this one matters. Learn it, know it, study it. I I thought the fear of The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, the fear of God. Like the Bible says a lot about the fear of God, but the thing is I have had such a rich love relationship with Jesus since I was a little girl that it's been hard for me to wrap around my mind the concept of fearing him until I studied this verse. And the Hebrew word here for fear is the word yara, Y-A-R-A. So as I was studying, um, I looked up what this word means. It means to submit to, to stand in awe of, to bow down, to worship. And I thought, well, I, I, that I get. I want to submit to God. I want to stand in awe of him. I, I want to bow before him. I want to worship him. And many years ago, I learned that um, meditation is what's happening when studying the Bible And praying collide. They crash into one another. And so I like to muscle up my brain with understanding and then so that it gets down into the deep places of my heart and my belief system, I like to just meditate and think on what I've studied. And sometimes I like to get in the physical position because my body was created to glorify God. So as often as I can, I put my body in the physical position of what God's Spirit is teaching me. So on that particular day, I, um, I bowed down. I submitted to, I worshiped God. And I I just sat there and I allowed God's spirit. I said, I've studied this, Lord. I understand what the words mean, but would you show my spirit what they mean? And as I meditated and thought on them, God brought into my mind a picture of me bowing and worshiping with all of my heart and submitting and being in awe, but it was not God in front of me in the picture. It was people. People who I feared would know my sin, feared would know my secrets, and what would they think if they found them out? Because the opposite of the fear of God is the fear of man. And most of us live quite naturally in the fear of man. As God has released me from that to some extent, he's pushed me so many ways, Um, I've learned that there's such pleasure in submitting and bowing to him. Uh, As I was first studying this verse, I remember being, I was in a bookstore working on a book, a book on this Bible verse, and um, I wrote a whole 17 chapters on this Bible verse, and as I was sitting there typing away, a woman sat down next to me with a stack of books on... Wiccan theology, witch theology, reading astrology, all this stuff that my spirit was alert at once that this is not good. And I felt the Lord say to me, why don't you tell her that what she's studying is a counterfeit for spiritual discernment which she gets from me, the God of the universe. And I thought to myself, that was an interesting sentence. I don't think that came from my brain. And then I felt the Lord say, tell her. And I didn't. Because I was afraid, not, not so much of her, but of all the people around us that would hear me. I had the fear of man all over me that day. I walked out of that store and um, I didn't submit to the fear of God.
2: This is one of my favorite messages that Dana shares, and she's shared it for 15 or 20 years. It's basically her life story. We all uh, should have a life lesson story that we can share with others that's Mm. core to our being. And a lot of times it comes out of our brokenness. So I can't wait for you to hear how she turned the corner on fearing God rather than man. It gets better, it really does.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Pure Freedom and Covenant Eyes. Here's Bob Gresh.
2: And I want to say thanks to Covenant Eyes. It's our partner in our podcast here. Um, Over a million and a half people have used Covenant Eyes to experience victory, and I am one of them. And from my heart, it's changed my life. I believe I've been one of the longest users of Covenant Eyes, I think right from the very beginning. And it has helped me with the battle with pornography. It's helped me connect me with my male friends that are helping me in this battle. And um, I think everybody should have covenant eyes. I really do. Visit the link in our show notes and use the coupon code HEA for Happily Even After, and you'll get 30 days free, which is a pretty good deal. And I want to thank them so much, Dana, for sponsoring us. They called us Mm -hmm. and It's a real honor. Yeah,
0: they liked what they heard on the podcast, and they said, hey, we want to be a part of this. So thank you, Covenant Eyes.
2: Now, here's Dana, my bride, with another test she faced when it came to fearing God.
0: So a few weeks later, Bob and I were on a cruise. It was our first cruise we ever went on. Um, We paid $425 for each family member, a total of $1,200. Didn't know until we were there that we were, at the age of 35, going to be older almost by 15 years of everybody else because it was definitely a collegiate booze cruise that we had bought tickets to. Um, and uh, so, one particular morning, we got on a catamaran to go snorkeling, and uh, there was a, a, some girls that got on that, that looked particularly seasick, although I knew it wasn't really that. They were hungover. And God's Spirit said to me on this little catamaran, go, go over to that one and pr- ask her if you can pray for her. <sighs> I really didn't mean it when I prayed, to help me to overcome my fear of man-God. All these people. And so I remembered I had some motion sickness medication in my bag, and I knew that's not what she really needed, but it was a great excuse. I walked over to her and I said, you look like you're not feeling well. Can I offer you some of my my, my, my motion sickness medicine? And she said, Of course, and then I gave her some water, and I looked into her eyes and I said, and I want to know if I can pray for you. Tears slipped down her cheek. She said, I'd like that very much. And her eyes told me a story of repentance. And I don't know whose daughter God sent me to, or whose mother was praying. I'd love to know the story in heaven. I prayed for her, I laid my hands on her and I prayed for her and as I began to walk away, the girl next to me tugged at me and she said, can I have some of that too? (laughs) When we rise up to obey God and we stand against our fear of man, he blesses us. I prayed for like three, four girls that day. None of them needed motion sickness, all of them needed Jesus. Do you operate in the fear of God or do you operate in the fear of man? Nowhere does our fear rise up more strongly than when we are called to share our redemption story and to open ourselves up to show where and what God has healed in our hearts and our lives. But there is so much freedom, and there's not just freedom. Uh, it says in here, the secret of the Lord, that place of rich fellowship, is with them that fear him, and he makes his covenant known, yada to them. Do you remember what I told you that word meant, Yada. It means to know, to be known, to be deeply respected. It's the relationship that God wants us to have with him. The deep knowing, the intimacy, the, the joy and the peace that comes from his presence, that's what he wants. And this verse is telling us that we find it when we reveal our hearts horizontally to one another that we begin to feel connected vertically to God. Yes, forgiveness comes from God and God alone, but he has created this healing to happen when we're vulnerable, radically vulnerable with one another. And so tonight as we open up sharing time. I'm inviting you to get radically vulnerable so that you can begin once again to experience connection with God and with others. And I want to do it this way. Um, I really do like to put my body, which is meant to be a tool of glorifying God, into the positions that God is teaching me and I'm going to invite you to do that too. I'm going to invite you if you're experiencing some loneliness from your testimony, from your story, to come with me and bow your knee here around this altar space and in the open floor space. There's just something about giving, giving a physical position to what's happening in our hearts. And so, what makes you lonely? If there is something, you need the secret of the Lord. And this is a safe place to find it. I've heard you telling your stories to each other. I've heard you as you tell your stories to me, and this place is safe. So, we're gonna play a song. During that song, if there is an area in your heart where you're feeling the loneliness of God and you are experiencing the fear of man, I invite you to come and bow before him and be ushered into the secret of the Lord. And if you come, this is what's gonna happen. Someone in this room is gonna have a sense that they're going to be the secret of the Lord for you they're gonna come and they're gonna kneel beside you. Women are gonna kneel beside women. Men are gonna kneel beside men. They're simply gonna wrap their arms around you. They're gonna say, so, sister, what makes you lonely? Brother, what makes you lonely? And then you tell them. That's it. It's actually pretty easy. And then that person who's going to be the secret for you, they'll just pray over you just briefly. They'll just pray and ask the Lord to erase that loneliness, to give you courage to know when and how to tell your redemption story. And then after that, Bob will come and guide us through some sharing. So as this song begins, I'm going to go ahead and be the first to kneel. Who else needs a little bit of that? I bet I'm not the only one.
1: Well, that's this episode of the Happily Even After limited series podcast with Bob and Dana Gresh. Be sure to check out the show notes at danagresh.com. If you don't already have a copy of Happily Even After Let God Redeem Your Marriage, get one anywhere you like to buy books. Episodes one through seven of this podcast support key chapters in that book. They contain conversation prompts to explore the seven beliefs every marriage needs to experience God's redemption.
2: Hey, I hope you'll take Dana's challenge to heart today. You don't have to be in a room full of people to find what Dana did, the secret of the Lord. You can, guys, you can text a friend right now and say, I got something that's hard to say, but just text right now and say, let's go to lunch.
0: Sometimes that little tiny text is like the brave first step that gets you to say the words
2: you have to take that brave first step that gets you in the door, step by step, baby steps.
0: And as for hearing some of those testimonies that popped up in the room, you can do that in some upcoming episodes. In the next couple episodes, you'll hear a testimony from a younger couple who has fought porn together. And you'll hear from my friend Crystal who fought a long addiction with pornography because very often women struggle.
1: The Happily Even After podcast is written by Bob and Dana Gresh. Original music and production by Blake Bratton.